for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is September 5th, 2023. Today is episode 326, I believe. I've been putting out quite a few episodes the last couple days and uh just getting lost track of time i'm literally in a hotel right now uh getting ready to head back to michigan tomorrow uh so it's it's uh the grind is here buddy the grind is here it is uh i if you guys can't tell i'm getting sick um woke up this morning getting sick um you know and we've been hunting for the last four or five days in 96 degree heat um it's uh i'm editing so basically my rundown is edit in the mornings hunt in the evenings get back at 10 11 midnight go to bed and then uh do it all again the next day in the heat and i'm actually i got an edit due here soon so i actually didn't go hunting with jake tonight he's actually self-filming and i'm just finishing an edit so uh here we are man how's it going dj (laughs) <laughs> dude it, it's going good but i i have to say man for all the listeners out there just you know because you and i talk all the time where you know even though you guys are technically on a hunting trip you guys are doing a lot of work still like you said that you know editing and then the podcast on top of it like they're the downtime during the days are are very little on your end on a trip like this yeah i've been uh, i got here so i got here last friday i've edited uh saturday morning sunday morning uh, Monday morning and now this morning and then you know we we go out about noon one o'clock and then uh walk in it takes about three or four hours to walk in get set up by four four thirty and you're sitting until eight thirty getting out not getting back until you know like I said ten eleven o'clock and then by that time you've already ate and you just want to go to bed get a shower and go to bed and then you wake up do it all again and it's catching up to me only took four days to catch up to me I got a cough now I got sore throat it's it's here 
September, it's yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I tell you, it doesn't help at all. Um, go, you know, being out in that kind of heat, sweating. Then you know, if you're never really true, truly drying off, then I'm, I'm guessing that that your guys's hotel room is nice and nice and cool. It's probably below seventy. Where you know you're going from one extreme to the other in there. Where even like for for my job in in the dead of summertime when it's extremely hot like what we have right now like they actually like advise us not to even be fully working with our windows up being in and out of a vehicle so much that from a one extreme to another it's a perfect recipe to get sick you know so like they 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 encourage us to have windows like half down and even though if your ac is running so it's not a dramatic change to your body like that all the time that's honestly probably why i'm getting sick because i just everybody can probably hear the ac unit running next to me but we've had it on 63 for four days yeah in here and it's like if you go literally you go to 67 and it's like hot and stuffy in here it's like it's brutal you know and so it you know it is what it is it'll pass it you know Mm -hmm. onward and upward i guess so but today um sorry go ahead no, I, I was just going to say, you know, you're talking a, a 30 degree temperature change for you guys. And, and then yeah. your body's probably running, running, you know, on empty a little bit also. So it's, it's the perfect recipe, man. But yeah, let's, uh, let's get into today's episode. Yeah. Today's episode just, just, you know, sh- uh, you know, in short, it's with, uh, Mr. Cole Powell from South Carolina. And honestly, we recorded this a little while ago. It's he, uh, he hunts in South Carolina and he lives there and their opening day was August 15th and he shot a slammer buck there. And, you know, he was the first one that I think you and I seen killed a deer this year, according mm-hmm. to social media. And, uh, we knew Cole, we met him back in ATA and really good dude. And, and, uh, asked him to come on just to, you know, just get that kind of that first, uh, that first, excuse me, that first uh hunt story out there and it was a good one and we've been sitting on it a while because we've had so many podcasts banked up but uh today is is going to be the day that we drop this it was a good one though yeah i i was you know when when cole first killed that that buck and you and i were talking about it and that was even before like you know we asked him to come on or what what caught my eye was one is is how wide the buck is and and for all the listeners you'll hear that in the story today but then the fact it was August 15th and that thing was fully out of velvet. So it, it really caught my attention. And that's why I was like, hey, man, did you, did you see that buck that Cole killed? But then when we talked about having a on, I, I was genuinely really excited for it because it's like it's the first like kind of kill hunting story of the season here on the podcast. So it was it's a it's a great story. Um, It's a very, you know, the the style of hunting down there in the Carolinas. Um, It sounds like the state's. Uh, they're kind of broke up in different like uh, areas of the state, you know, low ground or high ground or whatever the case may be. But um, their circumstances are 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 a lot different than what a lot of the Midwest is. And I tell you what, Aaron, you know, there's been a lot of times that you and I we've bitched about what our gun season is like here in Michigan. <laughs> that the one that cold deals with there. That is an entirely different animal there. Yeah, wait till you guys hear about this, his gun season and how many buck tags they get in South Carolina. It's it's pretty crazy. I don't want to give it away here. You have to listen mm-hmm. to the podcast to to get into it, but I agree. It's uh it's pretty crazy how, you know, we think we have it bad and really 
it ain't shit to what Cole's got, you know. So um, I feel for him there, but uh, you guys will hear all about it. And um, but I I I do want to get into this podcast real quick. I I do want to hit some reminders and some some notes here before we do get into it. We'll keep this intro intro short and sweet. But uh, the fall podcast, our website, we have the merch out. We've got. Like we said the last couple of weeks, we've got a couple, we got new hats, uh, a real tree original camo patch hat. We have a multi camo patch hat. Go to fallpodcast.com and uh, get your hats there. We also have shirts and hoodies. And uh, oh man, I'm not thinking clearly. My I'm all stuffed up, man. So I'm just trying to limp through it. But um, just go to fallpodcast.com and check them out and uh, get some merch. Uh, next is Latitude Outdoors. We have a code the fall the fall podcast, all one word, to save some money on uh, all of your mobile hunting needs. We do have uh, X Wings back in platform or back in stock X Wing platforms. So if you guys are looking for a new platform, anything like that, uh, you can go to Latitude and and check out the X Wing. It's back in stock. We got the Method Two two panel saddle and. Uh, also, check out the In Session Podcast and Grit, our YouTube digital series. Now, we are dropping Indiana, Episode 6, Indiana, this Friday. So, be sure to check that out on YouTube. We appreciate the support. Uh, next is Helix Broadheads. Use the code FALLHX10 to get yourself, in my opinion, the best single bevel broadhead on the market. Single bevel, you can get the FJ4 with the bleeders, or you can get the FJ2 without the bleeders. Accuracy, dependability, and just down, downright nasty, man. And you can uh, measure your recovery in seconds with that thing. So go to helixbroadheads.com and check that out. Next is Exodus Outdoor Gear. I mean, we're past, we're we're basically coming out of Velvet Fest. There are some deer that look a little fuzzy still, but m- majority of them are polished up. You can use the code TF to uh, check out the the render and the rival cell cam so if you're looking for new cell cams they have a five-year no bs warranty with theft and damage coverage and hey look right here you make an investment and you know you're gonna have a camera for five years that's that's a pretty good investment so that alone right there i think is is a is a good reason why you should buy exodus check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com you can also check out their new their arrows the mmts and i honestly cannot remember what the other arrows are <laughs> but they have <laughs> arrows and uh i we don't shoot the arrows but we use the cameras so um definitely check out whatever they have going on over there Next is Garmin, the A1, the A1i, the A1i Pro. I've been getting a lot of Garmin questions uh, as far as sites go. People are dialing them in right now, um, having a lot of good success with them. I, look here, it, it, there's no secret. These things are the best sites out there, in my opinion. And um, I've used them even before they partnered with the podcast. For like three years before they partnered with the podcast, I've used their sites. So go to Garmin.com and check out the sites. Also check out their wearables, their watches. And I'm on this Kentucky hunt right now. We have no cell phone service out in the woods. And I've been using my InReach Mini. And I can still text no matter where I'm at. I'm texting back home. Um, and it's just an added bonus feature to know that if you get bit by a snake, you fall down in a drainage or something like that, you can hit the SOS button and somebody's coming looking for you. They know where you're at. They're coming to get you. So look them up, Garmin.com. Check out the InReach Mini. Next is Buck Bourbon. Buck Bourbon. 
not buckbourbon.com. You'd go to buckbourbon.com to check out their products. But we, I'm in the state that Buck Bourbon was born in right now in Kentucky. Use the code TFP20 to save on a Rackhouse ground blind. They're, they have a tractant. They have mineral. They have food plot seed. We had George on. Uh, that podcast will probably run next week talking about everything that uh, they offer. And, hey, I just got our new knife kits in the mail before I left, so I got to get you yours. But, dude, those things are slick. I cannot wait to show everybody those. Those are sweet. Um, it is a whitetail hunter's dream, those little knife kits. But go to buckbourbon.com and check out all their products. And uh, lastly, but certainly not least, Prime. If you guys are looking for a new bow, look no further than the RevX from G5Prime.com. And you can get the RevX 2, the 4, or the 6, whatever uh, floats your boat. They are awesome, flat, fast, quiet shooting bows, draw cycles, unbelievable. And they're just downright sexy looking too. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You look good, play good, play good, feel good, feel good, eat good, eat good, win natties. That's what that is right there. <laughs> on the fly, <laughs> on the fly, just came up with that. <clears throat> Call the t-shirt guy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, lastly, America's Best Bowstrings. You guys looking for a new string? Use the code THEFALL at americasbestbowstrings.com to get yourself a new set of Platinum, Premium, or Pursuit Series strings. You will not be disappointed. So there it is. Keeping the lights on. Guys, you guys are going to love this podcast. DJ, do you have anything else to add before we get in over to this? No, man, that's uh, I think you nailed everything, and I'm just looking forward to listening to the podcast again. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you guys, everybody, for all the downloads, all the support, and everything. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. And here's this interview with Mr. Cole Powell. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fall Podcast, and tonight we are talking with Mr. Cole Powell. Cole, what's going on, man? Glad you could make it. And uh, I'm excited about this one because we're going to be talking about the first deer that I have physically seen die uh, this year of 2023. Like you're, when, you're, when your picture came through, I'm like, all right, that's the first one. Blood has drawn. Like, the, here we go. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Mr. Cole Powell, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys. Thank you all for having me. Um, yeah, that was uh, our opener here in South Carolina is August 15th. And Anytime that I can and I can get after it and start as early as possible, I'm I'm good with it. So it was a it was a good good evening for sure. I I was just gonna say I I can I can remember the days leading up to that that uh, opening day there, Cole. Where it was like, yeah, I got a sneaky suspicion that Cole's gonna kill one, and then that that next day it's like <laughs> hit the old Instagram button and start scrolling through, and there's his face with a. I won't describe the deer yet because we'll get into it later on. But it was like, yeah, the son bitch killed one, man. There we go. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. And that right. You got to take advantage yep. of it when you can. For sure, yes, man. Yes, I would sir. be. I, I'm thinking about coming to the South Carolina to to just extend my season a little longer, man. That sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, you come on anytime. Y'all guys are always welcome. I don't uh most of my stuff around here is, uh, you know, I, I know some people from around here know where I live, but I, I live in a, a little, little small little area outside of the, one of the, the capital Columbia. Um, so I live right outside of there, probably about 15 minutes. And, uh, there's a, a river that runs through here and, um, not on the river, but I'm, you know, within a golf cart ride from it. And, um, I don't know what it is, but there's a little pockets of genetics around here that, that, uh, 
if if they get the chance to get big, then then they certainly can. So try to try to do my best. Things have changed a lot for the past few years for me hunting wise. You know, when you're a kid, I'm 28, and uh, but when you're a kid, you got pretty much free reign to to anything because people are always willing to let you hunt. And then you start getting older, and things start changing. And oh yeah, and hey, God forbid you start being successful, and that makes people lose their mind. So you know how that goes. <laughs> They, uh, I always tell my kids this is that success breeds hatred in everything in this world, dude. It truly does. But Cole, sure. what, what is, uh, in your opinion, the area, the area that you come from, what is, uh, two levels? What is a very respectable buck where you come from? And what is like the upper echelon kind of, you know, that they can get there. Not all of them, but right. you have seen some get there. That what's the upper echelon buck there? Uh, so realistically, um, a hundred and twenty inch deer is probably the average. Um, you know, it sounds probably very similar to to Michigan. I know y'all usually I hear y'all talk about about a one twenty or so is usually you're. I mean, absolutely. Um, we laugh, me and my buddies always laugh because if you get a, if you get a respectable, like a solid eight point on camera, that's a Carolina eight point. And, and usually though they might get a little bit of mass to them or something, but usually they're 18 inches wide. And, you know, if for a, for a big one, he's got 18 inches wide and he's got decent mass and probably, you know, just these, you know, somewhat decent tines. Um, so, but upper echelon would, uh, you know, so my biggest deer here in South Carolina was a 142 and that is him. Um, and we'll get, I'll, I'll talk about him a little bit too, but, uh, I actually killed him with the rifle. Um, and that besides a mule deer, I killed a couple years ago. That was my last year I killed with the rifle. And, um, that's kind of been my, my thing now is like, I'm, I don't really have any, desire anymore to kill him with the rifle so that that deer uh the story with him uh sadly uh did not did not go as planned with the bow and i let the i let the desire to get him killed drive me to, to pulling out the old longbow and uh you see uh that then and luckily he was able to, to make it happen but um but he was he's he's the biggest deer i've ever i mean i've never seen ever been anywhere near uh was 140 he was 142 and uh, i got him scored here by the dnr at our uh classic sportsman's classic they do so um our low country areas they have um i've been listening i know the sportsman's what was it uh somebody uh, the out one of the guys had a podcast with a guy from south carolina the other day the southern outdoorsman guys um and he was talking about south carolina in the low country Low country's got some some absolute hammers. I mean, they they really do um, down towards the lower part of the state. Um, and I know that there's been a couple of, you know, 150, 160 inch deer. Um, but these a lot of these places are plantations. Um, if the guys if the guys choose to shoot the deer, then then they will. Um, but I was telling Aaron, the uh, the deer season here opens August 15th and from the middle of the state down. Um, you get to hunt with a rifle from August 15th until January 1st. That's not a, that's not a muzzle loader. That's not a shotgun. That's not a, whatever that is a 300 wind mag, whatever you want it to be. Uh, you can, you can start blasting them. And, uh, uh, I mean, it is what it is, you know, um, 
I killed, like I said, I killed him with the rifle. I hunted him hard for the first month of the season and I killed him on September 11th with the rifle and, uh, it's crazy, but it is what it is. You get five buck tags. Um, they send your tags in the mail. If you live here, they send your tags and you get three, three buck tags, two doe tags, and you can go to the DNR office that you can get two more buck tags and you can get, I want to say you can get a few more doe tags, but it's just, it's hilarious that they come with, with three buck tags and only two doe tags when that's all you hear about is how overran with deer we are. And that's why, supposedly that's why the season is as long as it is. So, 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 so like, for example, this year, you know, and we're, we're going to get into this story too tonight, but when you went out on opening day this year, you had a choice that you could choose basically from any weapon that night. Like you could have hunted with a rifle or your archery equipment. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I that's, I could have used that, any rifle I wanted to. You know? That's so crazy. Um, I I had I wanted to hit on one more thing there, Cole. When you talk about the low country, and I've heard people refer to that, what exactly is the low country? Is it just real, you know, swampy, like flooded out ground? Is that what low country yeah. is there? Um, so South Carolina obviously is. Um, we're on the East Coast, and we've got the beach, uh, Myrtle Beach. I know a lot of people go to Myrtle Beach, Hilton Head, places like that. And if you've ever came and vacationed in, say, uh, Hilton Head or Beaufort County or something like that, you pass through a lot of South Carolina's uh, low country. There's uh, a lot of marshland, swamps, um, you know, you'll you'll pass through bean fields, corn fields, as far as you can see. Um, and tucked in between the middle of them will be these just treacherous swamps that 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 are all just intertwined in this ag. And it, I mean, it's a it's a it's a recipe for giants. I mean, it really is. But again, I don't know that I don't necessarily know that our our season game laws and everything can re- really give them a lot of an opportunity to to get what they could be. Um, that being said, there are a couple. You know, they there are places that have absolute giants walking around. Now, again, they're not. I don't know why the necessarily the beans and corn and whatever, I guess the minerals in the, in the earth or whatever probably have something to do with in the Midwest. But, um, a lot of places I've been to here in the low country, I've, I go, when I go to the, to the Midwest to hunt, it's very similar, you know, bean fields, as far as you can see, you know, lined with cornfields. And I waited this past weekend, I waited through about chest high beans to, uh, to hunt and, and, uh, it was like I was back in Kentucky I and mean, it was as well, but yeah. it, it's a lot of co- the coastal, you know, my, my family's from, from the beach, my dad's side of the family's from the Georgetown County, South Carolina. And, uh, like I said, it's coastal areas, just, it's, it's just marsh, you know, swamp land. And, uh, it's, some of it's pretty treacherous. It's, it's, it's rough. So, um, but that's, like I said, that's, that's from about middle of the state down. You start getting a lot of that kind of swamp land and all. And then the upstate, the upstate, you can you can go up to uh, Greenville, Anderson, Oconee County, places like that. Um, and you can be Pickens County. You can be up in the mountains that look like Ohio. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, and wow. uh, but it's, it's it's a super diverse state. And I mean, it's a you know, I joke all the time with my wife about trying to move to the Midwest and how much I'd love that and. And all but, you know, the. Uh, politics um are are you know the the everything everything that we have here is is honestly pretty pretty awesome you know we got a good a solid state good respectable people running it and 
and uh it, it's not yeah. not too bad there, there's something so. to be said about that too though you know what i mean we're like if you took away you know maybe just that say the age structure of your whitetails there you love everything about where you live and there's something like that that's very important especially when you're you know raising a family i know you got kids too you know but yeah that right. man that <laughs> the thought of you know right i thought our rifle season was long here in michigan you my friend have us beat you were you have uh, us beat buddy <laughs> It is absolutely, it is crazy. It really is. And I, it never, it never registered to me. I, I honestly, I never had any idea that it was, it was weird. I had no clue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the past few years, obviously with social media and everything else kind of blowing up is, um, and I drive a lot in my job and I, I listen to podcasts nonstop and just hearing the different game laws and the different uh seasons and everything it started all started to kind of click with me and i was like man this is crazy Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any no like no wonder you know it's just it's it's it really is wild so with 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 getting five buck tags that's just absurd okay tell me this getting five buck tags and you know you get you said get three doe tags with that like is your guys's deer numbers really that bad like you're, I mean, we come from Michigan. There's a lot. I have a lot of deer around me. Like I could take you up to a hayfield right now. That's going to have a hundred plus deer in it right now. And it'll have it every single night. Like, yeah. do you guys have that much, that many deer? You know, honestly, I don't feel like I see that many, you know, like, I don't feel like I could tell you right now. Now, granted, I don't live. I don't live necessarily in farmland. Uh, I live, if, if it was daylight outside, you can see I live in the middle of the woods. Um, I've had more of like a hardwoods, uh, the rolling hills, hardwoods where I'm at. Um, but you go down again, you go down towards the low country and you start, you know, glassing those fields and stuff. And yeah, there's, there's a ton and not to keep referring to this. I just couldn't believe that this podcast came out right, right before our season opened. But I, I want to say that I heard that the the guy that they were speaking to, I'll have to look his name. I can't remember his name right this minute, but I, sw- I swear he said that the cotton, they had like $20 million in cotton damage and cotton only. Wow. Um, and wow. I was talking to our DNR guys because we work closely with our DNR guys a lot of times in the low country because there's very, very little uh, law enforcement presence down in the, in those areas. And they uh, they were telling me that basically the, the the farmers down there, they shoot so many deer and they I think they have to be does uh, from what he was telling me. They have to only shoot does um, on their on their uh, was a depredation mm-hmm. permits or whatever. And they go out there and they they lay waste to them and they just ask for more. And, and I don't I mean, they say it doesn't it doesn't help. But, you know, right here where I'm at, I, I don't. I don't, I don't really see it. So I don't know. Mm. I mean, now, as I was saying before, this the middle of the state down the upstate starts archery season. So upstate being the middle of the state up, it starts September 15th. You can bow hunt and you can start rifling October 1st, October 1st to January 1st. So even, even the upstate, you get three months of, of solid rifle hunting and uh, you know, but I guess, like I said, it is what it is. I'm not gonna lie to you; that would drive me out of the state. I'd move just because of that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this: I feel like, like David said, like we have like 28 days of rifle season now. I think it is something like that. And to me, that was already a lot. Like, 
that, that's just it, you know that's just so much and i didn't realize that either that's that is that's a long time well and it it it's been that way just as of recent because of cwd and everything like we used to have a muzzleloader season we used to have like you know our, our rifle season always comes in november 15th and it goes until what december 1 that's what it used to i think david wasn't isn't that right or something like that and then and then muzzleloader season gets broke up into a couple different zones and different or i'm just sorry december gets broke up into some muzzleloader seasons which now it's not even like to me it's not even matter? like fun to bring like take out a muzzleloader anymore like why would i take a muzzleloader you know if i'm going to go like why wouldn't you just take a gun like a rifle same thing you know yeah i mean it's, nowadays they're the same thing you're not getting you're really getting very little difference in performance so yeah exactly so you know it's really like I, and david and i talk about all the time like the night of the, when 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 the sun settles on november 14th night our bow season's over like it's yeah. like we can still bow hunt but it's just it's just totally different you don't get deer on their patterns anymore the rut to me, even yep. like, you know, and, and I have a small sample size. Okay. I don't hunt all over the state of Michigan. I don't, but like in my area, like the rut, it just, you know, by noon on November 15th, if you're sitting in the middle of a property, like you're, you just don't see it anymore. Like you get deer yeah. passing through, but like, it's just over. It literally is. It's like, it sucks, man. And I <laughs> cannot imagine having shit three months of rifle season like that i would yeah. drive me out of that state and five buck tags like i bitch about having two buck tags like I know. you know i hear it all the time and i just laugh i'm just like this is it's uh you know but that's all i've ever known you know mm-hmm. i've never you know I, when i was a kid i used to uh i used to hunt early season i've, I've always loved early season uh you know people one thing that 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 the early season does do is you have to be you have to be pretty serious to get out there in South Carolina. Like last week, it was a hundred degrees. Like or this past couple of days, like it it was a hundred degrees all day, and it's humid. It's awful. Mosquitoes are terrible. So a lot of people aren't interested in going and sitting that early. And you know, I, I put something on my story talking about uh, that I was going out to um going out to hunt, and somebody's like, "Man, it's way too hot for that." And I'm like but it would be worth it you know to me (laughs) to me it would you know like i can go out there and sweat i sweat all day anyway i mean i live my life soaking wet with sweat all the time and i mean what you know what it whatever you know i just go out there and sweat some more um but when it all comes together you know what did you just do you just you just killed a deer and and got that practice got to execute the shot got to do it all and get ready for the next one. I mean, that's the that's the best. I mean, I yeah, I can't get enough of it. I love it now, especially that I hunt in Kentucky. Is I get this, I get to hunt for a couple of weeks here, and then it kind of prepares me. Like this weekend, I went down and hunted with my dad down in the Low Country and uh, hunted in the bean fields, and that's what I plan to be hunting in about what nine days now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a good, it was a good. I got to hang my set. I didn't take, I didn't have any stands set up there. I went out there and. I, I went and tried to tried to just do my best to just picking a good spot and on the map what looked good go check it out hang a stand um i've been you know i've been dabbling with the saddle a lot here lately and um it's i got to hang it all up get everything situated and and uh it was just nothing but good practice for when hopefully you know something 
we got something good to chase in in a, in a couple of days. So. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. It's funny. I got a question. It's funny that it, I was gonna. I was just gonna say it's funny how you hit hit on that coal is where people always say that it's it's too warm out. Oh, well, it's too hot out. I hear the same stuff in in October in Michigan. I I've heard yeah. people say it'd be October one, and you know it'd be like seventy two, and they're like, "Oh, it's just too hot," or it's like it's almost like they've been brought up thinking like that, and it's like you know what, that's fine. Just keep thinking Good. like that. I'm going hunting because you, you, yeah, yeah. You because guess right what? That, those those bucks are still out there. They live out there. They they know how sure. to move in this kind of weather. I sure yeah. do. I mean, it is what it is, man. It's not. I mean. What do you, what do you, uh, I mean, like you said, you're not going to stop working just because it's hot. They're not going to stop living. I mean, they're there. Mm-hmm. You got to go right. get them. And if it's hot, then so be it. Yep. Uh, you can't beat it. Cole, I got a question about the heat and hunting early. This is a selfish question because I'm, I'm actually heading to Kentucky in a, you know, for the opener as well. And what is like, what is your layering system like? What what kind of clothes are you wearing? Are you wearing a lot of merino, you know, knowing that you're gonna sweat just because it breathes. Like, what kind of clothes are you wearing? Like, what what's your system like? Okay, um, so for the past few years, I was wearing uh, Scentlock, and I would try and I would wear their their stuff was always real super baggy, and it just there was no breathability, and I I I wore it, and it was it was what it was, um, but. Um, I recently met Joe with, uh, Osseo and I got started trying out some of his clothes and, uh, I wore the lightweight, uh, the lightweight pants, the lightweight hoodie and, and they're the hat that goes along with that is my favorite, favorite piece of the whole thing. Just cause it's like a, like a really thin nylon kind of like meshy, like certain type of hat. I just, I love it. Um, and the vents, it's got the vents in the crotch, uh, vents in the sides and, you can get up in the tree and and what I'll do is I'll wear a, uh, like a shirt like this, like a thin under armor shirt or something like that. And I'll walk in and get it just soaking wet with sweat, hanging, hanging in my stuff or whatever. And then right when I get settled in lots of times, I'll either, I could be crazy, but I feel like keeping it up in the tree with me would, would give more of an opportunity for my odor to kind of, I guess, disperse with that sweat, real sweaty shirt. Not that I'm not going to keep sweating, but I'll usually leave it at the bottom of the tree. Um, and then I'll put on the lightweight hoodie and, you know, honestly, I leave that thing zipped down as far as I can get it and just let it, let it breathe. One little thing I do, I don't, I don't know if it works. I, I don't know. I don't care to be honest with you. Um, but I take a little bottle of um, like scent killer spray and I'm not necessarily using it for the scent killer. I use it one. I check the wind with it because that stuff. I don't know if you've ever sprayed in a little those bottles. It'll create a little nice little mist, and it'll honestly you can watch it go for however far. Um, but I I sit there and I'll take my hat off and I'll hose myself down and I'll just sit there and let the wind, the little breeze, blow on me, and it feels like you just you know you're just cooling yourself off. That's all I'm doing. I mean, I could have it have a little bottle of water and spray it all over myself just as well, but. You know, it makes you feel a little bit better. Just why not try it out and, you know, have it, have it. And, and, uh, like I said, whether or not the sprays or whatever, if you believe in it or not, it's just nice to cool off with. So that's it's one actually of, a one great little, idea. One little trick that I do. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's it really idea. is awesome. I almost want to take a spritz yeah. bottle with me and just fill it full of ice and water. And just like when I get to the blind, just, you know, just. honestly, good. That'd be a great plan. I mean, it's the yeah. same thing, but you know, I just do that. And it's like, it, it, it feels, it feels right. I don't know. It feels like, you know, at least maybe, maybe 
maybe something's working. I don't know. I doubt it, but you know, who knows? It just it feels reminds, right. He says. It, yeah. yeah. It, it reminds like me it. of like, I can remember being a kid and like going to Cedar Point and they used to sell like these lanyards and they have like a little fan and a water <laughs> bottle. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can sit and spray yourself. <laughs> He's like, oh, hey, and don't this, you worry. This don't is the you worry. Them, them boys. Yeah. Them boys in daggum low country, South Carolina, sitting in the big blocks, box blind with their 30 alt six and their daggum. They're in there with their battery powered fan. Don't you let them fool you. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I promise yeah. you that. Well, you're sitting 150, 200 yards away and got their fan blowing on them. No doubt. Yeah. So. Well, Cole, I, I tell you what, you know, speaking of the whole scenting and I heard, I just heard you hit on like that. You like to hang that, uh, that shirt that you walk in with that you kind of hang it high for scent purpose reasons. Why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit of actually what you do for a living and how it, like some of the things you've learned from your profession, actually. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I'm a, uh, I'm a canine handler for the uh, state police here in South Carolina. Um, I've been doing it now for like six years. Um, you know, I come from, from, from stock of the same. My dad did honestly did the same, same job. He was on the same team that I'm on now. Uh, they ran bloodhounds for, for years and years and we still have bloodhounds, but I actually run a, uh, a little crazy Belgian Malinois and, um, uh, you know, learning from him and watching him and uh, doing this is, is opened my eyes to the whole scent thing so much because, you know, it never really, it never really mattered. I guess you could say to me more or less, you know, like when I was a kid, cause I'm, I mean, like I said, I'm 28. Um, I'm not, I've been, been hunting since I, I think I killed my first deer when I was six, but like still at the same time, I never knew what I was doing, you know? Um, I just would go where my dad told me to do and where he told me to go. And I was lucky enough that he usually put me in the good spots because he was, he was nice enough to do that. But um, now that I've gotten older, I've started to realize how big of a deal that is. And uh, you know, getting blown at by the deer was just one of those things that happened. Um, but now it's like, it tears me up when that happens. I'm like, what could I have done differently? And um, so my dog, uh, you know, he's, he's tracking, apprehension uh building search um art, articles area whatever whatever kind of search and uh watching him work human odor is i mean it's unbelievable um and you know a lot of dog we don't actually do narcotics with ours or or, or bomb or anything like that we just have straight people people dogs and watching watching the odor 
inside, you can either inside, outside, whatever. I can almost draw you a picture of where that odor is just from watching his behavior. Um, you know, if we're say we're tracking a guy and the wind, you know, even in training or real life, whatever, the wind can manipulate, you know, where your dog's going to stay on that scent or that picture, you know, he's tracking down the line or whatever, and maybe the wind's blowing from right to left. Well, he might hug that left side of the track, but just because he's over there doesn't mean he doesn't know where it's at. He's just following that scent cone. Uh, you know, you do high hides and the the guys will be up in a tree or up in a, uh, you know, like stairs up high up in the stairs or whatever, you know, on a, on a building or something. And you can watch the dog come into that odor. And next thing you know, he's pulling into the lead, but he's standing up on his back legs and he's literally looks like he's dancing on his back legs, tracing where that odor goes. And you can see, you can watch his head and you can watch his ears, you can watch his tail. And it's so obvious that it's like, how do we get away with anything? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They can make mistakes. We, you know, we've been on plenty of tracks just like every other dog handler team in, in America has where, you know, you lose, you lose it somewhere. Uh, you know, may you make a wrong turn or something like that, but the deer aren't tracking to find us. They're trying to get away from us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like he encountered that, that odor, like they're going the other direction. Whereas he's trying to follow the odor to the person. He's trying to go to the source. They're trying to get away from the source. So to me, it's like, I, I don't know how we get away with anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I was listening, listening to, um, Troy Pottinger talked the other day and he was talking about using um, nylon gloves and, and doing the, all his, his, I know he's very particular with how he does this uh, mock scrapes. And um, one thing that we, we do or that I don't do it luckily because I don't do narcotics, but the narcotics dogs and stuff, they have to, they wear their nylon gloves to touch the narcotics or to touch the, uh, you know, the bomb, whatever, whatever the odor is that they make up, they use the different pieces and parts of whatever it is that they're training, the training aids, they use nylon gloves. But then when they're training, they have to proof their dogs off of nylon gloves to make sure that when a dog's, you know, doing a vehicle sniff or doing a sniff of a building or whatever, that the dog doesn't start hitting and you start searching a car illegally because your dog just hit to nylon gloves or food or toy or stuff. So, you know, I, I, I just, I don't even know. I don't know how, how, what it difference. I mean, I'm sure it makes a big difference just because, you know, nylon ha or the gloves haven't never, I mean, you're, you're looking for the people, but it's there. Um, you know, regardless, we've, you wear whatever boots you wear, whatever, you know, clothes you wear. They've, they've done tons of studies where they hose, hose people down with the scent sprays and then lay the tracks and stuff. And the dogs, I mean, they can, they'll knock it out of the park. You can put narcotics and stuff like that in vacuum sealed bags and dogs are still going to hit on it. You know, it's like, so all, all I can do for me now is sit there and I, I think about it as what can I do to minimize it? That's, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing to me is what, 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 I, I try to, you know, shower and unscented stuff. I started showering a couple of weeks ago and unscented wash and using unscented deodorant. And, um, you know, just, I mean, whether or not that helps, I don't know. Uh, yeah. They say that actually tracking somebody that's dirty is harder to track somebody that's dirty. And I can vouch for that hundred percent. It's hard as heck to track people that have been out in the woods for days and days because you're the dirt and stuff actually like, like more or less seals you up. You're not losing as much as your the, the skin cells and stuff and creating the raft that you do. 
if you're if you're mm-hmm. you know clean clean and you're you, you know that's why people have to put lotion on and moisturize after they clean is because you know the skin starts flaking and stuff and you're just you're leaving it everywhere you go so whether or not um whether it's it's, it's really on the deer and are they are they are you a threat at this moment are they going to be able to get away with it or um you know yeah. or, or are you are they used to being around people i don't know but um for me it's just like on my my hunt the other day uh started off when it was a storm and the wind was just it was swirling at my house and i was like gosh i just don't know if i should even go in there um but then luckily you know i was thinking about it and it was like okay the primary wind is blowing hard it was blowing hard in my face but every now and then it would swirl but i was hunting actually right off of a road um people walk the road everything i'm like you know what it might not be that big of a deal. It might not freak them out too bad if there's just a little hint of something coming in there, as long as that, that primary wind is blowing in my face. And then luckily after everything started, the storm kind of blew through, it rained, everything lined up perfectly and, and the wind took over in my face and, and I didn't have any problems, but still I could see it. I could see it in the deer's behavior all day long. They knew something was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, I, doing doing the job that I do it it has uh it correlates so much to hunting that it's just I, I can't get enough of both of them, you know catching a bad guy in the woods and you know having a having a big deer come in and shooting him with a woman like man I mean it it's so similar it's like you 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 won checkmate I got you you know yeah. and it's like um, it's just different, you know, the adrenaline rush, the time that I put into my dog to make him great. And the time that I spend shooting my bow outside or, or, or trying to like, you know, like y'all do honing your skills and scouting and stuff. It's like when it all comes together, there's nothing better. And it just, I don't know what I'd rather do to be honest with you. <laughs> I get the guys, the guys laugh at me at work come hunting season. Cause they're like, Oh, we're going to lose coal. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you are. But y'all got me, y'all got me 150% up until yep. this point because yeah. <laughs> let me so. let me ask you this cole because i i've been around a lot of of houndsmen that um like to bear hunt with their hounds right and it and it this really opened my eyes into what i do with whitetail hunting and i'm sure as soon as i say this you're gonna be like oh dude it's exactly it the fact of you know for years people always talked about like wanting to go out and do trail camera work when it was like the ground was wet or it was raining, you know? Yep. And then he, I watched these dogs work where like they were, they worked best when there was a little bit of moisture on the ground or like that, that dew in the morning, these dogs could track a bear anywhere. But when it was really, yes. really dry and the ground was really, really dry, they had a harder time. Is that, have you correlated yep. anything like what you see there and applied it to like your hunting situations? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is, it is so hard to track somebody in the blazing middle, right? You know, right in the middle of the day when it's, when it's hot, when it's dry and hadn't rained, you know, you can walk through and you see the dirt kick up or, or here. I don't know how it gets with y'all, but we had during pollen season when all the trees and stuff are blooming and the pollen gets real bad. It'll be so, so dry that every step you take is just, the, you know, the dogs will be covered and their faces will be covered in pollen and stuff. And it's like, it's miserable. Um, but yeah, you get those, those, those days after a nice little rain and funny enough, one of the ways that, that, uh, we've trained some of our, the pointier dogs more or less is, um, 
And a big thing that's going around right now is lots of times you'll actually take water in a sprayer and literally walk and spray the ground on pavement. It teaches the dog to keep his nose down. And what you can do is you can put food throughout the track or little, little small, little clear or like money or something with articles on it to give the dog a reward throughout the track. But you're using that moisture to hold that scent in because mm-hmm. it works. So like what mm-hmm. you just said, I mean, it's dead on the, you know, going in there during a rain, maybe, you know, if it's raining, maybe it's okay. You know, like I, I think that it probably does wash a lot of it away, but um, like you said, if you're, if you're still in there and, and walking around and all, it's going to definitely increase everything. And I've also heard that that can really increase like the coyotes and stuff like that. They'll start, they'll start running around a little bit and stuff too. When, whenever it rains like that, if you got a bad coyote problem, they'll start moving around more yep. because of that same reason. I mean, it, you think it's just basically like a wild dog out there, man. He, he's, he's out hunting yeah. too. And if he knows the conditions are best for him to go hunt, I mean, it's, it's no different. Like. You're chasing a bad guy, and and it's it's a really dewy morning, or it rained all night. Now it stopped. You know that your odds are going way up right then. Yep. Not to mention, you know, visual sign. I mean, visual sign. See, I mean, I I can't tell you the feeling you get whenever you're tracking along through the woods and you see a footprint in the middle of nowhere that's not supposed to be there, and you see your dog's tracking along, and he's, you know, you know, I'll, I'll sometimes if I got to drop the lead or whatever on my dog, luckily I have obedience on him, like the bloodhounds and stuff. Usually they're just, they're just going. Um, but you know, my dog, he can go out ahead of me and I can down him and move up to him and get the lead back again. And sometimes to, you'll move up to him and he's literally laying in a footprint or something like that. That footprint is not supposed to be there in the middle of the woods at whatever, whatever place or wherever we're at. Um, and to see that visual confirmation, you can praise that dog and and know that you're, Hey, tell the guys on the perimeter. Cause a lot of times they're like, what are those guys doing in the woods? Like there, they're just, they don't, they're just roaming around the woods and we're out here on perimeter waiting. Well, Hey, we got his tracks out here in the middle of the woods. And they're like, Oh dang, we're, it's really happening. Um, there's nothing better. And it's just like, you know, just like trying to cut a deer track. You know, if it's on a drive or something, I mean, you might, you might be able to see a little bit, but it ain't nothing like when you get that good, beautiful, fresh print in the, in the mud or something like that, or yeah. some wet ground. Cole, what is, what is your dog doing there? Is he, is he visually picking that track up or is it, or is there something about that ground being broke right there that he's picking yeah. up? Yeah. So, so they track, they track, um, they track human odor. They track uh, ground disturbance, crushed okay. vegetation, all that stuff. I mean, you know, it's like we we always when we go do school uh, things, demos or whatever at the school, we'll tell them that, the you know, the dogs are like they'll come inside. Your mom's cooking a cake. You know, when you're a kid, your mom's baking a cake. Well, you smell the cake. They smell the eggs, the sugar, the flour, the, each ingredient like that. And or, you know, you're making a pizza and they're smelling each individual thing in the pizza. Um, so they're they're tracking you know some places will start their dogs off on just uh just like dragging their feet dragging their feet dragging their feet and it's all that ground disturbance all that ground disturbance well then you start taking that away and then you start having just just human odor that you're tracking which that's pretty that's one way to do it and then there's i mean there's a million different ways to teach them how to track but but yeah i mean that's one thing you got to think about too is is you know you might not be leaving a lot of human odor with your rubber boots or whatever that you choose to do but you're still stepping on leaves and you crush that, you crush that leaf. You might not be able to see it, but whenever you do that, all the, the leaf is putting off all or the grass is fresh cut grass. You smell it. They smell that too. 
why is that there? You know, and then you have, you're going to have human odor involved as well. You're going to have it. I mean, there's just, you can do whatever, but it's going to be there, you know? So yeah, it's all those different things are, are involved in, in with them. It's uh it's not just one certain thing. So cool. Is and there... you got to think about all the, the different places you step too. Sure. Yeah. Well, is there, is there one thing that you would, that you've picked up on working with your dog and sense and everything that you kind of applied to hunting, what it could be anything. Is there one thing that you could kind of tell everybody listening that like, maybe look at this or maybe approach a stand this way because of this or, you know, anything, do you have something like that where you could just kind of be like, this is something I've noticed. Maybe keep an eye on this. Yeah. You know, I, I know one person that always comes to mind, you know, because he harps on it so much is like, you know, Jake Bush talking about going, he goes, you know, however far around his spot to get into his spot. And a lot of times, usually I feel like he's talking about uh, the deer hearing you or seeing you or whatever from their, their bedding area here. We're not going to have the deer's deer's not going to be bedded up on a, on a big ridge looking over or whatever. For here, it's like, if you're going to hunt, especially early season, the deer aren't going to get up and go very far. Um, but whatever your access is, you got to think about where your odor is going to blow even after you walk in, you know, just like, just like you set a mock scrape or whatever up and you want that deer to, to smell it wherever he's at. Um, you know, if you walk in one direction here and the wind's blowing straight to where he's bedded at, um, whenever you get to your stand, your, your wind might be fine, whatever. But if you didn't think of that on your way in, then, you know, and, and he smells, maybe he doesn't smell it. Maybe another deer smells it whenever they're coming out. But I definitely think that access is probably the biggest part because I no longer think of, of odor as a stationary thing. You know, it's not, it's not, I walked this line right here and that's the only spot that the odor is. No, that, that odor is going to, it's going to move around. It's going to flow with the wind uh, cars drive by when the cars drive by, was it, does it push your odor into the bedding, wherever the thick bedding or something that's on the side of the road here. And you're walking wherever you're at, a car blows it in there. If you're hunting urban or urban style and stuff, just little things like that, you know, it's just, um, I think that's a big part of it. I think of everything is like in a cone too. some of the, some of the hunting apps will show you like a, like a cone, um, it's not going to be your odor is not going to be blown in a straight line. You know, it's going to be more broadcasting out and you can watch that with the dog. They'll, they'll bracket all the way in sometimes. Um, dudes will be, dudes will be scared as they can be, or a guy can be in a bite suit. A bite suit's this big blob of just nothing but odor. Uh, it's got other dogs odor. It's got jute. It's got all the padding, whatever inside of it, your sweat, other people's sweat. And it's really hard actually sometimes to get the dog to go to the right spot because it's such an overwhelming amount of odor. Whereas if you're sitting there in that deer stand and that big deer is off in the distance or whatever, and you are freaking totally out, I guarantee you you're putting off more of more of an odor because I think, and this, I know some people could argue with me. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, I can run a training track with my dog and I can say, tell you he's tracking whatever, uh, you know, he can, he can be lati die on the track doing his thing. But you let you let somebody's fear odor that just ran from the police or that just committed whatever violent crime or whatever they did, and you watch his behavior when he gets on that track, and you'll see a very very large difference. It is not degrees, 
balls to the wall. And sometimes you got to reel them in and just, Hey, you're just bearing out, Hey, you got to focus and you can't get to, cause they'll blow turns and stuff like that. But, um, you think about that big deer coming in on your whatever, and you're freaking just dumping all that odor and you're scared <laughs> as you're, you're not scared, but you're jacked up or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's another mindset, getting yourself in the mindset. Hey, you're done. Not, not, Oh God, I hope I can shoot him. And uh, I've, you're got, screwed, I've man. got, Keep I've got a new term I'm doing this fall. I'm starting it this fall. I'm going to call it the fear odor. And it's when, yeah. it's when you, you know, you get the shakes and the big deers yeah. and is, you know, we're David, we're, we're taught, we're going to be talking about the fear odor. All right. You're going to, yeah. we're going to be talking to, Hey, you know, he came around the corner and everything and it hit me the fear odor. I was inside sure, out, buddy. And he's, he, that's the thing now I'm, 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 I'm token in it. <laughs> hey, I think it's real. Yep. I think it's real. I don't, I can't, I can't hundred percent tell you that I've necessarily seen it with deer, uh, you know, but I've seen it in real life. So with the, with a dog and with somebody that doesn't want to go to jail. So <laughs> I like it. That's, that's the, <laughs> the one word of advice or one line of advice from, from Cole is, you know, keep your shit together. Otherwise they're going to smell you. Number one rule of canine, don't be a bitch. (laughs) That's a, that was a, that was one of my ones I learned early. Start getting around these teeth flying around all over the place. And it's like, ah, yep. And there's nothing that feels good about a dog bite. So no, no. just got to, can't be a bitch. (laughs) I like it. Don't be a bitch. All right. Let's let's get into this uh this story. I want to pivot a little bit into uh your your kill, you know, opening. It was an opening day kill, wasn't it? Correct? Opening sure. night. Yep. yep. So kind of take us from ground zero. Like what, you know, have you been watching this deer this summer and have you had history of them like how how would everything lay out? Yeah. So uh last year uh last year he was on my camera uh early and him in the same i got the same six point on camera the six point is a pretty mature deer for around here but he is nothing but just got the splits he's got some decent brow tines but he's got an awesome frame you look at him straight on and he looks like a hammer and then he turns his head and he's just 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 a six point but (laughs) this deer last year he was i'd probably say he was 20 inches wide last year he was then he, he and still doesn't have the best tines in the world, but uh, he was 20 inches wide. I was like, man, that's a wide deer, but he looks young. You know, I'm not going to, I didn't want to pursue him last year. And um, last year, actually, I didn't even, I didn't kill a deer in South Carolina. Um, I killed a, I think I killed a doe or something, but um, the Midwest bug bit me bad. And, and that, that's, that has been to my detriment here in, in South Carolina. But uh, I know I spoke about Joe earlier from Osseo, but Joe, Joe motivated the heck out of me last year. You know, the dude's been all over the place killing just absolute giants everywhere he goes. And he gets here in South Carolina and he is just tickled pink and he's shooting these deer and they're South Carolina booners. You know, they're, they're a hundred, you know, you're just shooting these, these, these average deer here in South Carolina, but that's what we got. And you got it. And he was always like, what, what are you doing besides making yourself a better hunter? And I'm like, you got a great point. What am I doing? Why, why, why would I not be happy about shooting a deer here that I've always been happy about? You know, this doesn't make sense. So last year I, I made a pact. I told my buddy, Justin, I was like, listen, I'm not holding anything back this year. We're, we need, you know, I'm going to find the biggest ones I can find around here. We're going to go after them and get them killed. And, um, uh, so the one thing we talked about this before we even did this, but South Carolina is a bait state and, 
you can shoot deer uh, August 15th with a rifle like we talked about. And uh, there's guys, you know, they're shooting them 150 yards on a corn pile and taking their gripping grins in the corn pile with their big long guns in the, in the picture or whatever. And it is what it is. Um, I don't have the last thing that I ever want to do is sit here and pretend like I am something I'm not, or to, to, to say that I don't do something that I do. It is what it is. Um, so here, like I said, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of rolling Hills. There's, uh, some really thick pine thickets. And a lot of times the deer bed up in the pine thickets and, I don't, I don't have that. And so catching them out of the bed, lots of times I'll start early season, especially putting out um, some corn uh, minerals. I love, I love minerals here early season. I've had deer put their, you know, digging their face down and leaving, leaving face prints in the mud and stuff from the minerals. But um, I'll start running, running corn and just trying to find what, what deer's around. And this year, uh, I think it was, probably July, like I think right at July 4th or so, somewhere in there, I started running a camera and some corn in a, in a spot that I had, uh, I had a deer, a really big deer here uh, a couple years ago. And, uh, he actually either got hit by a car or something, but I found him dead on the side of the road here with his head cut off and his rack cut off and then his head thrown in the woods. And, um, I actually set up my spot in the same spot. It's one of those, you know, places that you, you, you just, there's a, there's a reason for it. And I didn't ever have deer here early season. Um, but we had some, some clear cuts that have been come that have came up and people have been timbering their land and talking with my buddy down the road. And that's changed everything right here. Um, you hear people talk about clear cuts all the time and you know, targeting clear cuts and stuff. And uh, I've never, never really, I've never had any experience with it, but it's real. And these deer are, pouring out of these clear cuts and i i my the landowner that i hunt on the property uh you know butts up to a clear cut and i set this spot up to where i can walk 10 yards off the road slip right in climb i, I can go slip right in climb up the tree i'm in the tree and these deer they just come out of this clear cut and actually uh the one that i killed he's he was actually coming from across the road and it turns out i thought I thought all along he was coming up out of the clear cut, but he was circling, circling the corn and coming up into the corn from a completely different angle. Um, and he, he came from across the road and, um, anyway, so August 15th or excuse me, a couple of weeks before that, I was started getting pictures and, uh, I went and pulled my camera and, uh, ha, I was shot. This deer, he ended up measuring 22, he was like 22 and a half inside, and he ended up being 23 inches wide outside. Um, and again, he didn't have crazy tines by no means, um, but it was, it was, I called him yardstick. I was like, this deer is so wide. How does he even get through the woods? Um, and, and for here, for here, one thing I really like is I like, I like some kind of something that's different, you know, I, you know. Uh, you know, a deer that's got a funky brow tines or, or, you know, he's got a super long G2 or, or maybe one side's jacked up and the other side, just something that's different because like we talked about earlier, the South Carolina eight point is real. Um, and this deer, he was an eight point, but he was like, say 20, 22 inches inside and, uh, called him yardstick and started trying to just kind of figure out what he was going to do. And, and, uh, he was pretty regular, regular coming in. 
and about the week before he started being weird and he uh they had a bully buck and that bully buck was this little basket rack eight point with uh he, he had kind of long g2s but he had just little nubs for his for his um g3s and he you could see he'd be standing up on his back legs and the next thing you know you'd see a blur running out of the camera and the deer would be gone and uh so my hope was if the only chance that I had, because again, I, he wasn't betting on the property that, um, and I feel like early season, that's all. If you're not on top of their bed, you're not going to be able to kill them. And if you're not having the reason that they're going to come over to you, you're not going to kill them. And, um, so ended up, uh, he, 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 he kept getting run off and I was nervous. I was like, well, if this bully buck continues to run him off, then, He's going to go somewhere, somewhere else, or maybe comes back in the middle of the night, like you always see. Um, but I started seeing right before season, he started coming in as the first deer. And he would come in and he would eat for a few, few like probably five minutes. And then you'd see him take off. And then the next thing you know, that bully buck would be in there. And, um, and my wife was like, you just need to go in there and kill the buck and get him out of the way. And, and I was like, oh, could, but that's just not, <laughs> I was, I was looking for, looking for old yardstick, you know? Yeah. And, um, well, you got five buck tags, you might as well, you know? Well, yeah. Geez. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Might as well just burn one. Um, but anyway, so, uh, a couple of days before he started coming in and he was like, he would be the first or second year in there. Well, um, opening day comes along. Everything was dialed. I got a new bow this year, been shooting like crazy, shooting everything, got new arrows. I just went ahead and changed everything up. Um, and so I went and I went to work and then a storm rolled. And I didn't even realize it was going to rain that day, um, but ended up having like some serious downpour. It thundered like crazy. And I went, to, I was at the gym. I walked outside from the gym and I was like, oh my God. It's 80, it's like 82 degrees, which compared to a hundred degrees is, is, is pretty good. So South Carolina is humid as it can be. Um, it was, like I said, the past two weeks, it's been up and right around a hundred, uh, and it dropped down to like 82 degrees and there was a strong wind blowing. And I was like, man, if that wind is blowing the right way, this could be good. Um, you know, big change. You could feel, you could just feel it felt like a, it felt like a good day to be in the woods. And, um, so came home stood outside checked my wind just just the wind was just whipping you could see it and it was just going back and forth and again i was like man i'm not sure about this um but i went in went in anyway and i was like i've got till probably 7 45 or 8 o'clock before this deer you know even thinks about showing up anyway well i get in the stand and by 5 30 there's deer coming out i look out in the out and towards the clear cut and i see deer coming out and what are they doing? They're being weird. Um, you know, we talk about hunting, you know, over bait. Uh, is it easy? Uh, yeah, it draws the deer out for sure. Um, 90, I'd say 98% of the time, every single picture of a mature deer you get is going to be at night. Um, they know, they know what they're doing. They know better. Um, and then not only that, but you're hunting with a bow. You're 20, and I think that's that spot. I've got about the longest shot I'd have is like 30 yards. Um, but it's, you know, 30 yards, and you got 
however many deer decide to come in that night. And you got all those noses. And like I was just talking about with, you know, they know you're there. Um, or do they know that you're there or do they think you've been there? Um, you know, is there, are they used to you coming in and, and you got to put out the bait. I mean, you got to put it out at some point. So you walk in there and at least I was never really, I did it in the middle of the day. They would go pour out every like two days. I think I went and would fill it back or uh, pour some corn out and keep them coming. So they start seeing deer like five 30 and uh, which I was kind of disappointed about because honestly, I wanted him to do what he did the past couple nights and be the first one in there. That way I can hurry up, get the shot down. And that way I don't have to, I don't have to battle all those noses because I had probably 20, like this, no joke. I probably had 20 bucks that was coming in this spot at one time. And they were all dinks, but you know, there's, there's probably 20 deer in there at one time. Um, first deer I see is a little, little cow horn. He comes, up and he's standing in the edge of the feet of the clear cut and he's looking around and he's just weird uh doe comes in and they stand out and they're they're uh she's being weird well um luckily the other deer comes in he eats for a minute and then they just disappear they move they move off uh they were kind of bumping each other around and uh they moved off and uh they circled they circled around went back out in the clear cut and they came up out of the clear cut and were kind of hanging out um and I heard deer coming from my right, which I did not expect. Um, I, I was actually coming more or less from behind me back towards my right. And uh, which is, you know, almost the wind was blowing straight behind me. It was a little off wind. They, they weren't quite on it. Um, but all these deer came in. There was three, there was three deer that ended up coming in and they were eating. They were on the edge of the edge of the field or the uh, clear cut. And uh, I look over and there he was probably the second deer that was coming through this thicket and uh i love shooting deer in velvet that's one of my my favorite things is a uh, velvet deer i love kentucky for that reason just like south carolina um and i look and this joker's come walking in and he's coming through the woods and old yardstick there he is i'm like yes well his daggum velvet's hanging down and uh so he which had is wild to me the night before that is that is early yeah it is. That's wild. It was really early. And, and, you know, Joe, Joe said he had deer on his cameras that were showing up that were, that were already rubbed their velvet. I mean, I, I don't know why. I don't know what the reason is. Uh, I've started to see more and more the past few days have been coming out, but um, usually I, I mean, I, I, I don't usually see them come out of velvet till like September um, here, um, you know, but, but it is, you know, it, it was what it was. I was like, man, there he is. He coming, he's dangling off. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, that's, I, it actually looks cool coming through the woods and all. Um, and he came out. And again, at that point, I knew I was going to, I was like, I got to battle these other deer. And I pretty, I was pretty sure, you know, every little eight point looks pretty much the same, but I'm pretty sure that bully buck was one of the ones that was in the clear cut eating or they clear coming out of the clear cut. He kept coming in, eating, going back out into the clear cut. And he was just dancing around. And I was worried. I was like, man, he's going to blow him off. Well, luckily, uh, he comes in, circles all the way around, and does what he did. He did the big loop. And I was like, dang, he's going to try to come get my win. Well, he stopped, and another deer ran. The deer ran one of them off, and it made him turn around, and he ended up coming straight towards me and came in. He comes in, and uh, at that point, I actually filmed this hunt. I haven't, I've never filmed a, filmed a hunt before, um, but I got it all on film. And, uh, I had, I had him everything in camera or on the camera I was watching. And, uh, so he starts kind of angling a little bit, turning 
and I draw back and I knew he needed to turn. You can hear me in the camera. I'm holding it back and I'm going, turn, dude, turn, you know, and I know everybody's been there. You draw back a little too or a little, little premature and, uh, there's nothing worse, you know, you're drawing back and you're just holding it there and like, Oh my gosh, come on. And he wouldn't turn. Well then luckily another deer came in and they were, like I said, they just been fighting around there the whole time. And one bumped him and he turned and turned sideways and I let him have it. And, um, it was, it was awesome because my son has been absolutely losing his mind about big bucks lately. We sit on the couch together and we watch, he's, he's asked me every night He's like, daddy, let's watch bucks. Daddy, let's watch bucks. And I told him, I was like, all right, I'm going to hopefully shoot a big buck. And he's been looking at the trail cameras with me and everything to the point where half the time I was sitting there looking at that daggum smaller eight point going, if this joker doesn't come out, I want, I want my boy to get, to get that. I mean, he, I want him to have the fever too. Oh yeah. And uh, so when I shot him, I was, oh, I, was, I was so thrilled to, uh, to do that. And then that had that opportunity to take him with me. And, uh, this was our second track together. Our first one, he was like, so I, I, I messed around last year. I didn't really feel like I had a target buck and uh, didn't, didn't end up shooting anything last year. So this was uh, the year before when he was like one, uh, we tracked the deer together. I got a couple pictures of him and he's just, he's just crazy eyed. <laughs> um, this one, my wife, I FaceTime her and he is screaming in the background. He's got his little dinosaur headlamp and he's like, we going to track a big buck. He's running around. It was unbelievable. So I told him, I was like, hey, give me him. I'm pretty sure I smoked him, uh, had a pass through. Um, I use Rage Tripans. I'm a huge believer, uh, but they just, it it slices them open pretty good. So I was like, I should, everything should be good. I was like, give me about, give me about 10 minutes and then come pick me up and then we'll go back to the house. So they came and picked me up and um, turns out my buddy that lives down the road, um, there's been a legend a legend deer around here and uh i say legend he's like 100 he ended up measuring out to be 140 inches um which is an absolute mega here he's a 10 point he had some stuff growing out of his bases and stuff well he had killed his deer right before mine and so uh, i was trying to debate whether or not i was going to go see that deer. He, he shot his hit it a little high dropped it but um that just shows you right there what the weather what the weather can do i mean that deer had daylighted for him earlier in the summer and then for a week for the, the what past week that deer was coming in at midnight uh no reason no reason for it and uh ended up that storm came through blew through pressure rose got the you know the temperature dropped the deer came in on him at like six o'clock and he smoked wow. him and killed him and um so we ended up uh i sat there i was like you know what it's getting late anyway little man, you know, they don't do too great past, you know, whatever time I was like, let's go, let's go get him. It was just a little bit of daylight left. So we went out there and he goes walking off down, down the trail and I find that, you know, I get where the arrow is and we start tracking and can't make this up, but he takes like three steps and he goes, I found an antler. And I'm like, what? And he reaches down into this just brush and pulls out a shit. And my man's just sitting there. He's like, he finds a daggum shed like three steps in. And oh my gosh, it was the coolest thing. He was so excited. And uh, anyway, it got super thick. So him and my wife and I got a, a five month old little girl. They uh, they all came with me. Uh, they skirted the thick the thicket, and uh, I started going through the track. It was good. I think he probably went about seventy five yards. And uh, 
went up a hill and then back down, kind of backtracked on us and it ended up being behind us. Um, and he was so pumped. We get up to him and little Joker goes to pull his head up. And that thing is, is about as wide sticking up as he is tall. And, uh, he sat there and he just ate it up and he thanked me a million times. Thank you for shooting me a big buck. And, and, you know, I had so much fun with you, daddy. And I mean, it was just like, it doesn't get any better. Had the wife, had the little girl out there. We took some, took some great pictures and, uh, went back to my buddy's place and he, uh, and he had shot his big deer and we, you know, got some pictures with both of them. And, and, uh, you know, we hadn't hung out with them in a while. It was really good to, it, you know, those deer brought us, you know, together and stuff. And it was a, it was a, it was a really special night. It was a good, awesome, awesome opening, opening day. So I can, I can remember when I first seen you post those pictures cold that of your, of your little boy there, and then your whole family was there, but I taking a kid like that on a track job, in my opinion, there is no greater way to get them hooked being out there you know like obviously it sounds like he was hooked already but a good successful track job one that they can go on there's something at the end of it like i can remember taking my daughters when they were young like that out there and it's like they they fell in love i'm not gonna lie they fell in love with tracking more than hunting itself because it's like i I don't know if it's just because they can be active there's usually a reward at the end of it you know or it's like in those pictures dude like those those are like those are better than the animal on the wall itself in my opinion i i yeah. love seeing it dude unbelievable i mean it i uh you know we were talking about it tonight at dinner it's like it, sometimes it just it honestly brings tears to my eyes thinking about how awesome he is and i i, I tell my wife all the time she you know i know y'all follow me or whatever she is way better looking than than i deserve and uh and between being able to to pull that off and then we have some absolutely amazing kids and for him to i mean he might change he next year he could not want nothing to do with hunting but for right now he is all about it we have you know he loves he wanted to be a SWAT guy for for Halloween they got him she got Alex got him a a SWAT guy uniform and he wanted to wanted to uh have his dog toy and stuff so he can be just like me you know and it's just like you can't get enough of it mm-hmm. you know he mm-hmm. go out here and he shoots his bow with me and we walk through my i got a little archery course in my backyard that i've kind of built over time and he just he goes out there and smokes it with me and he's just he loves it and it's uh there's nothing better i mean that that to me you know whatever happens the rest of the season that was i mean it was unbelievable and um you know, he, it was like I said, it was so funny him going up there and that joker's so wide and he, he pulls him up and he's just, that's all I could say is just, thank you, daddy. Thank you for shooting me a big buck. Like, <laughs> that's hey, man, awesome. Hey, I can do it. <laughs> that's what it's all uh, about, that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Now that, man, I got, I had to drag him out by myself because the wife had to maybe chest, uh, strapped to her chest and he's sitting there is it heavy dad is it heavy dad i'm like yeah man it's great thank you yeah grab the tail <laughs> would you <laughs> yeah, come on do make yourself useful kid what oh my god i tell you what though this what happens though is you take a kid out like out there like that at his age five right so he's seen his dad go out hunting and his dad shoots one opening night now, now the pressure's on, Cole, because now the standard is, yep. oh, yeah, Dad's going out hunting. We're going tracking tonight. We're right, <laughs> like quickly <laughs> yep. somewhere along the line. You have to like 
there's a hard reality to it. A kid learns where it's like, oh shoot, this isn't an every night dad goes hunting and right. we get to go. I get to go get my rubber boots and we're gonna go tracking. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I haven't even thought about that. That's very true. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, but the, the, the kicker the is, though, <laughs> the kicker is, though, he can shoot a rifle on August 15th, though, you know, yes, so, yeah. and, you know, he's got five buck tags, so we can burn the first three on, on little dinks, you know. We Just can, whatever. Yeah. It's like, you know, so you might as well. does, why not? Exactly. You <laughs> might as well see what kind of streak you can get going on opening days with your boomstick and uh, some dinks, you know. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Just let it eat. What? I got I got one more question for you on that story, Cole. Right. When you first laid eyes on him, did Yardstick look wider in person than he did on camera where you're like, oh, shoot, he this deer is definitely wide? Yeah, yeah, he came in and, and uh, he was doing the thing to get through the trees, you know, leaning his head over. Then he came out beside a, that, that eight point. He was the one eight point. It was actually a really pretty deer. He was, you know, he might he might be one next year, hopefully, that we can look at, but if he makes it, but, uh, he came up behind him and he walked up behind him and, and you could just see the outline of his, his frame was moving, you know, every time they, you know, look straight on, that's one thing they start moving. And he, he got away at one point and uh, you know how they look from the back. It's just, yeah, he was, he was wide, but I definitely, I was kind of disappointed he wasn't in velvet, but I was like, you know what? It is what it is. This is, this is my chance and we gotta, we gotta take it. So I was, uh, mm-hmm. I was pumped. Yeah, but he's yeah, it was it was surprising. And um uh just every everybody that uh, that saw him was like, Man, he's crazy wide. How wide is he? And I was thinking maybe like twenty one or something like that. Um when I got down there and it was like it was twenty two inside, twenty three outside, I was like, Golly, I mean that's, that's I've shot awesome. I've shot some deer. Um I shot a deer last year in Ohio and he was pretty wide, but that I mean, it was nothing compared to that. I mean, it was it was cool. So unique, like I said, you can't you can't ask for a whole lot, uh, you know. And if they're not there, you know, lots of places, lots of times around here, the deer will start coming in. The bucks will start coming in, checking the does in mid September or something like that. We have we've got the most ridiculously odd rut, um, you know. Uh, when I shot him uh i missed him the first time I mean, I did. it is what it is i shot shot with the with the rifle and i don't hunt with the rifle and i took the rifle and was like oh yeah i'm gonna go in there i just i gotta kill him i can't let anybody else kill him i gotta kill him and i went in there and and he walked out and i thought i was good on him boom i shoot i get out and i'm all jacked up and i go walking to the corner of the field and he's standing in the corner of the field all i see is his rack moving around I was like, what just happened? And I, I kid you not, a buck came chasing a doe out of the woods after I just shot a rifle. She came running out of the woods. He comes running out and starts bumping the other deer. Luckily, he bumps the one that I, this the big one here, and I ended up getting another shot on him, and a guy ended up killing him. Um, on a t- way harder shot, you know, I'm sitting there kneeling down, like shaking because I've been stuck in this position <laughs> for so long. And of course I, you know, all I can see is his neck and I hit it like right at the base of his neck and he just folds right there. And I'm like, what, what just, why did I do that? What happened? But, you know, September, mid September, um, you'll see deer chasing like crazy, but a lot of times the bucks start showing up around that time. But, you know, this year was super unique having him around because the past few years um, I used to have where I, where I killed him, um, and where my wife shot that one in velvet there, he was 
before I killed the other deer, that was the biggest deer I've ever seen. And she goes in there and kills a deer and it's like, he's really nice, you know, and sends me a picture. And I'm like, do you, you don't know what you just did. <laughs> That's um, awesome. But that place, that place was a daggum early season haven, you know, I mean, it was amazing. And that's where, you know, it was uh, for, for my childhood, it was, it was planted in corn and you could slip in there in the morning. You could, you could slip in there in the evening or whatever, you know, in the corn, lots of times they'd, they'd be bedding out in the woods and they'd come out of the woods into the corn and you cut them off and just get in different spots and cut them off and you'd cut them off coming out of the corner into the corner or whatever. And so early season was, was a, was a hot time. And that's where I really started to really get, um, you know, obsessed with early season. And, uh, so whenever I lost that property, um, not having somewhere to hunt early season really bothered me. It was really cool how these, uh, these clear cuts have really, really helped with that. I, I mean, that's the only thing that I can credit to it. I don't know, I don't know what changed besides when that happened. It was about two to three years, just like they say, after that happened. And I've started to have some pretty decent deer early season again. So I love it. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome, man. Well, Cole, I want to thank you for coming on, man, and, and uh, giving us some of your time tonight and having a great conversation. Awesome story. Great deer. You're the first one that I've seen so far this year, you know, before, you know, we're recording a week after you've killed it and it's going to go live another week yeah. after we recorded. So it's been some time, but, uh, you were the yeah. first one this year, man. And, uh, hell of a deer. It was a good memory to have with your family. And, and thanks for sharing the story tonight, man. Yeah, man, absolutely. I appreciate it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you don't get too much grief for having the, the old bait hunter on here, no, but, no. uh, Mm-mm. it is what it is, you know, Hey, and uh like i said beating beating their noses and all is, is one of those things and and uh it was it was a good time a great memory and uh we uh you can't beat it let's uh hopefully in what nine days i guess when this goes live you'll probably probably be in kentucky yeah it'll this so, is gonna go live uh next week so it'll be uh i'll be leaving in three days in podcast world when this go live so uh yeah we'll we'll uh We'll yeah. be down there. Hopefully, I'm filming first. But uh, if if somebody kills and I can jump in the stands, then uh, we might have an opportunity at a, a South Carolina Booner. So we'll see. That's right. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, I'll be there too. It'll be that opening opening day in Kentucky. Doesn't get much better. So there we go. Good Heck luck. Yeah, I man. hope it all. I hope it goes well. And and uh, y'all have a great season. And like I said, thanks for having me on. Y'all guys are y'all are definitely my favorite and i i enjoy i enjoy listening to every every one of the podcasts y'all put out so i, I appreciate your time well we appreciate that man thank you very much and good luck this fall All thanks right, guys y'all take care yep thank you thanks cole